0: So we're continuing our series, Engage, Showing the Heart of Jesus. And as we read these different stories of how Jesus engaged with people in the Scriptures, it's kind of a few things that we see. One is we see that Jesus initiates with people. Sometimes it's just Him initiating. Other times we read the stories and it's people initiating towards Jesus. And there's even a third Encounter we see, and that's this. There's a third party involved in bringing Jesus to people or people to Jesus. So someone will not necessarily want to see Jesus themselves, but they're bringing someone to encounter Jesus. And so we learn from these stories and we see what Jesus did and we want to follow in his steps. Before we even open the word though this morning, I want to take a moment and I think we need to take a moment to pray for the families down in Uvalde, Texas. So here's what I'd like to do, is just have a moment of silence, and you pray however God leads you, and then I'll just close us out praying for these uh, families and the community down there. So let's pray together. Father, knowing how much you love people. It's such a profound love. It's an expansive love. And because of this love, we know that you grieve. And as we grieve with these families, we pray that they would experience your love, your comfort, you remind us in scriptures that you are a father of mercies and a god of all comfort so we ask that you would comfort these families you would be with them they would experience you in fresh ways we pray for the churches in that area that they would come together and serve to minister to the people we know it's a tight-knit community and many of these families are woven together and they're grieving just multiple multiplied loss upon this situation. So we ask God that you would bring healing to that community. We pray God for your direction with all that is happening. That you would guide the steps going forward. But that much would be made of the hope and truth in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We commit this to you in Jesus name amen amen well if you have your Bible why don't we dive in we're in Luke chapter 6 this morning Luke chapter 6 if you have a Bible or a device if you're able to stand could I invite you to stand as I read I'm going to read Luke chapter 6 verses 6 to 11 on another Sabbath Jesus entered the synagogue and was teaching And a man was there whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether Jesus would heal on the Sabbath so that they might find a reason to accuse him. But he knew their thoughts, and he said to the man with the withered hand, Come and stand here. And he rose and stood there. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? And after looking around at them, he said to him, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. Father, as we study your word this morning, we know that it's living, it's powerful, and we ask that you would use your word by the power of your spirit to pierce our hearts because, God, we want to be changed. We invite this change that you would move within us in our very hearts to make us more like Jesus Christ, that we would have the very character of Christ himself. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may grab a seat. Well, this morning, again, we want to look at this, and as we look at this passage, we see in another fresh way the love and the power of Jesus Christ, right? And that is what changes us, and so, as we have said in past weeks, Jesus' love and His power changes lives. And it's that same love, it's that same power that God wants to use in and through us to see change lives. Now as we look at this, we need to see Jesus' power and love, right? Remember back when we were in John chapter 5, we said that Jesus sees people. It's Kind of a unique statement. Jesus sees people, and remember what we said. He didn't look past people. He noticed people. He wasn't so busy that he didn't take note. Of the people that were around him, he saw people. Then last week, we said not only does Jesus see people, but he listens to people. He takes time to listen to their stories. He disengages from all that he has going on and gives his full attention to people. And we saw that last week. Well, this morning, we want to see how Jesus moves forward in steps with people's lives. The thing that we begin to notice about Jesus is that he's always available. And as I reflect on that that Jesus is always available, it's because he knows something that we need to know. And that is that his Father is always always working. So you and I, if we're going to follow in Jesus' step, we need to be available, and we can be available because we know that the Father is always, always working. Now, as we read these stories, I want to dive a little deeper into this particular passage and identify a few things of what's happening. The first, in verse 8, is that Jesus knew their thoughts. Now, we can read this and say, well, this was a a supernatural work. The Spirit somehow gave him this. Well, if you read the passage carefully, probably not so much that. Jesus is just being like you and me. He's watching, it says in verse 7, he's watching the people. And have you ever walked into a room where you sense animosity? You sense there's some dynamic going on. You don't even need to be told that something's happening. You just walk in and you feel some of the tensions or the angst in the room. That's what's happening. Of course, if we were reading Luke from the beginning, we'd even see in chapter 5 what was happening from about verse 33 on is it? Luke is giving us these encounters that Jesus was facing with people and there was a growing opposition. A growing opposition. So as we read this, we know the opposition was coming from the religious leaders. Here the Pharisees and the scribes. These these lawyer type that were digging into the law and just wanting to make sure That Jesus was in compliance in every way that they thought he needed to be so they kept bringing more and more opposition to Jesus the reason I want to focus on this and that Jesus knew their thought is because you and I encounter opposition we're in this series engage if we're gonna engage this world we're going to experience what jesus experienced he experienced opposition some of the opposition is exactly what jesus did there will be religious people coming against us but other times it's opposition coming from other directions there's people that do not like the name of jesus they don't like the message of jesus they don't like the hope that is in jesus They want to move in a very different way. And so Jesus, aware of this, we need to be aware of our world, of our surroundings, that there are people that will stand opposed to what you want to say and do. So Jesus knows their thought, and so he says to the man with the withered hand, right? He he notices people. He sees people. And then, as we said, not only does he see them he starts engaging so what does he do he says come and stand here When I read this passage I do not see the word love but love is all over the passage right when he sees this man that's hindered by a withered hand it was love that compelled jesus to say to him come and stand here see he knew that something amazing was going to take place because of his connection with the father so the man comes and stands before jesus and then jesus turns it to his opposition and he says hey is it lawful on the sabbath to do good or to do harm Right? Well, Jesus is about love. Jesus is about doing good. So it becomes a no-brainer that this is about love. And so Jesus is looking to do that and he takes the step to move towards this man. He says, stretch out your hand. And the man did so and look what happens. His hand was restored. His hand was restored. So we see the demonstration not only of Jesus' love, he cared enough to heal them but we see the power of Jesus love that is what we're talking about is that Jesus love and power changes lives but look what happens here the religious leaders were filled with fury filled with fury the Greek word that stands behind this idea of fury is an irrational anger they lost it they went over the top all because of what Jesus was doing what I promise you is going to happen is if you really want to walk with Jesus in the world in which we live in the 21st century there is going to be opposition and there will be some anger some fury directed against you now Many of us, we sit here, we read a passage like this, and we're saying, well, that's Jesus. Jesus has this kind of love. Jesus has this kind of power. Jesus is unique. I am not Jesus. I don't have that. And I want to say, hold on a second. Let's see what the Bible says about what happens when we come to know Jesus Christ. First thing we begin to see is that God's love is in our hearts. Look what it says in Romans 5. God's love has been poured into our hearts. God's love has been poured into our hearts. When it uses that verb poured, it's this heavy expression of extravagance. God is not holding back. He is just dousing us with His love. And many of us are familiar because you've read enough scripture to know that that word poured out is actually coming from the same verb in Joel chapter 2 when God says that He's going to pour out His Spirit on us. And God is pouring out His Spirit, His Spirit upon us, and the Spirit is bringing this love. Into our hearts and that's what is so amazing is that this is all supernatural this is the age of the Spirit this is the Spirit working in us and this is not a love that is natural it's a supernatural love it's a love that's coming from God that comes into our hearts produced by him strengthened by him in its full force and what we need to do is just receive it and be a channel and let it go right through us. Rather than block it and say, I am not gonna love people in this culture. I'm not gonna love people. I'm not gonna move towards them, right? We're in this thing on 3D living of developing friendships. What, what I'm telling you is the Spirit of God has given us a love to love people and develop friendships. But it doesn't stop there. Look what it says in 1 John chapter 4. It says, So we have come to know and to believe the love of that God has for us why because God is love God is love and we have come to know that we've come to experience it and so it's not only that the spirit this is the age of the spirit his love being poured out on us it is that we have come and experienced it that's what he means by love well look what he or by uh, come to know then he says whoever abides in love abides in In God. This idea of abiding is being connected to God. That's why this whole series is about being connected to God. Remember in John chapter 15, it's a picture of the vine and the branches. And Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Abide in me. If you break that branch off the vine, what happens? It withers and dies. And what happens for a lot of Christians is we're not connected to the vine. We're not relying on the nutrients and the strength and power of the vine. That's what this abiding is. It's remaining in Jesus. It's allowing His love to come through us. And then look what he says as we abide in Him. By this, by the abiding in God's love, that's his point here, this love is perfected with us. It's when we abide in our Savior We see this love coming through us. That's why we need to spend time with Him. That's why we need to connect with Him. And then we get this confidence. We have this confidence, this power that we have because we know that we are in God's love. As I've been reflecting on this verse, I think it brought an insight this week of why church hurt is so painful because when there is the love of god and the love of god in people and we're abiding and people hurt other people it's so contrary it's so opposite of what we think should be happening that that hurt just goes deeper and deeper and deeper and more painful i think also it's why with all the church hopping there's so much pain In that when people unplug from a local fellowship and move on I think that it creates this hurt and sometimes we don't realize the hurt but it's because of this nature that God has put in us by the Spirit to be in love with each other with this caring move of the Spirit that this love is so powerful and so it creates this hurt that is going on that's the glue the power that is going on as we look at this though it's not only that we have God's love in our hearts, it's that God's power is upon us, right? So when we say, oh, that's Jesus, wait a minute, his love is in us that we just saw, but his power is upon us. Look what it says in Acts eight one eight. It says you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The Spirit gives us his supernatural power, a strength, a confidence, a boldness as we move into this world. That's what he says. You will receive power, and you will be. I'll clean this up a little bit. My witnesses, we can be engaging in this world because of the power that God has given us. Look what it says in Second Timothy one seven. God has given us a spirit not of timidity, not of weakness, not of this timidity, but He has given us a spirit of power. By the way, this word spirit, even though it's not capitalized here, you might as well capitalize it because the Holy Spirit dwells in us and the Holy Spirit is in our spirit working. And so it's the Holy Spirit that has given us power and love so that we can engage in this world. So here's the matter as we look at it. Jesus models power and love. He gives us his love and power. So the matter is this, are you available? Are you available to be used by God? Or let me just say it a little more differently, is what you are doing more important than what God is doing? Is what you're doing more important than what God is doing? That you don't have time to do what god is doing now i can't answer that question but that's just part of what's happening in this series well let's hit the next thing here and that is that not only is jesus love and power changing life and that god wants to use us to impact people but let's follow in his steps we've said this over and over and this is what is so significant is that we are walking in the power and love of jesus christ we need to follow in his steps and engage now just to reflect on Jesus' life a little bit, Jesus spent three years. Let's do a little math. Let's just say he spent eight hours a day with his disciples for three years. So you take eight hours a day times 365 days times three years, and you have a little over 8,000 hours. 8,000 hours Jesus spent with his disciples. Now, why do I bring this out because even when we read the life of the disciples they still had gaps after 8,000 hours there were still areas where they had holes in what they were doing now the significance of that is the secret that the disciples discovered and we need to know And here's the secret. We need to abide in Jesus Christ. That word comes back. We need to be plugged in to the source. Remember what it says in John 15, 5. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. So, the secret to 3D living, the secret of following in Jesus' life, the secret of engagement is abiding in Him. Because, as the last part of that verse says in verse 5, it says, For apart from me, you can do nothing. And too many of us try to do the work of God in the power of the flesh. Too many of us think we can go about doing things because we're skilled. We have talent, we have abilities, we got minds, but we don't rely on the power of the Spirit of God. So as we look at 3D living, we need to do it in the power of Jesus Christ. We need to abide in Him. And as I've been reflecting on this, right, we've been talking about 3D living. The first is we've got to develop Relationships. We've got to take the initiative and love people just like Jesus did. He took the initiative and he loved people. That's what we mean by developing friendships. And let me be clear I'm not saying all of us have to develop new BFFs with people. What I am saying is that we got to love people. We got to notice people. Jesus saw people and he initiated towards them. That's what we mean by the first D. The second D was discover their stories. That's what we saw last week. Jesus lived. Listened. can i say something here everybody has a story but not everybody has somebody that'll listen to their story everybody has stuff that has gone on in their life that's brought difficulties or pain jesus listened as we saw last week we need to listen to their stories Third, and that's what we'll talk about today, is we need to discern their next steps. And I wrote down a couple things that I think would help us. Here's the first one. We need to pray, right? If it's supernatural, we need to pray. God, who is it you want me to talk to? God, what is it you would have me do? God, who do you want me to connect with? Is it someone in my family? Is it someone at the workplace? Is it someone in the environment, in my community, in my neighborhood? Who is it? So we need to be praying. Here's a second I wrote down. Consider your toolbox. Just consider it. Now what do I mean by a toolbox? I don't know what God would have you do next. But in our toolbox, I wrote down several tools that I have. One is just more conversation sometimes God would have me just talk more with people what's going on after I hear their story just start engaging with more conversation hey could we get coffee and talk more about what you shared the other day could we go meet and get involved in this here was something else maybe it's a book you give them a book maybe you say could we do a bible study together or How about uh, just another group? and Say, hey, I know a couple other people that have some of the same questions or the same thoughts that you have. It would be cool if we got together and met just a couple times and talked about this, right? It's just another tool in your toolbox. An article. You know, I was thinking about you, and when... The conversation that we had last week or last month came out, I, this article reminded me, here here's something, and it would maybe push the conversation a little further. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to have you do, but I know this: the Holy Spirit loves the person that you're trying to connect with, way more than you could ever imagine. How about just sharing the gospel? Just maybe the spirit says, "Hey, I want you to give them the greatest news." that has ever been announced. The news of finding new life in Jesus Christ, right? Or maybe it's a movie or maybe it's a podcast. See, we have this toolbox and we need to say, Lord, what is it? Maybe it's a friend. Hey, i got a friend that's gone through the exact same thing. Maybe it would be helpful if we got together and talked about this, right? So there's the toolbox. And then here's the third. got to make a choice by faith. This is what pleases God. We need to say, God, what is it That you would have me do is it a movie is it a conversation and God will lead you I promise God is an amazing God that loves people and he is calling us to do these different things to engage people now I've shared a lot the last couple of weeks What I want to do this morning is bring up some friends from Fox Valley Church and they're just gonna share with us a little bit of how God has used them come on up if we could welcome them and uh, exciting about what God has done. So, Pastor Brad, pick it up. Yeah.
1: Well, up here I have Lisa Mobley with me and Adam Vietmeyer. Adam is an elder at Fox Valley Church and has served in a lot of other different ways. And Lisa served in Journeyland. Her and her husband, Kyle, are also in our life group, my wife and I's life group. So, thanks for being up here and kind of sharing because we want you to hear from the body, right, and how how we're navigating these different things, how you're able to do them, some struggles and and some encouraging things. So we hope you leave here a little bit better equipped, even though it's not a magic recipe, we hope you leave here more equipped. Lisa, you had shared, when I asked you about 3D living, is this something that comes natural to you? You said, well, the first one does. You know, I kind of like developing relationships, but then the intentionality of the second one and the intimidation of the third D can be a little challenging. And Adam, you, in the workplace, you shared that part of your job in the banking industry is just to do 3D living professionally, right? But not the spiritual aspect of it. Getting to know people and discerning what their best financial steps are. So you try to weave some of that in. But before we get started, you know, I, I want to just ask this. If you have done 3D living or lived on mission before, at any time, was there ever a moment when it didn't go perfectly like you want it to? If so, would you raise your hand? Some of us are perfect. Okay. Well, <laughs> most of us can relate like, man, I thought that was an open door. I went for it and like swing and a miss, right? And so we're all human. And a lot of times we hear these stories that are really encouraging up front and we want them to be, but we need a little reality check too sometimes. So Adam, just would you bring us into a story of maybe when you went for it and tried to be bold for the gospel of Jesus and you,
2: you fell flat a little bit? Yes, c- certainly. Brad asked me and there, I could think of a few of them, but one came to mind in particular. I just come out of college So I'm so excited to be bold for Jesus in the workplace, and I had a lot of work lunches with my new boss. Well, I would ask him if I could pray, but I would pray these elaborate prayers. I would pray about, uh, bless us in the workplace and bless our work relationships, good things, but I would just go on and on. (laughs) Finally, after about four of these lunches, he pulled me aside and told me how uncomfortable I was making him, and he asked me to stop. And I realized that I wasn't trying to discover his story at all. I was Mm. simply bulldozing him with my faith. Sure. Did, did he fire you or were you? He did not fire me, okay, thankfully. Yes.
1: You know, I, I just have to tell this quick story because uh, some of you know Pastor Adam. He was on staff for a lot of years at Fox Valley Church until about four or five years ago. But there's a great story of just locally at a mall nearby him and a few other guys going to evangelize and share the gospel. And they, are, they, find, they find this guy in the mall and they sit down with him and this guy's like, you know, I don't have a lot of time. I don't have a lot of time, and so they bring Pastor Adam over, Pastor Adam, hey, this guy doesn't have a lot of time, and so Pastor Adam starts, he's trying to discern, what does this guy need, and what do you want in your last days, and the guy's like, no, 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 I just have to go, I don't have a lot of time (laughs) right now, right, and so you get in these moments where it's like, oh man, right, And, and so we just, we know all of us sometimes struggle with saying the right thing or doing the right thing, but we have to trust and believe that God's working, you know, Lisa, I want to turn it to you now because you expressed that the last couple D's being hard, specifically discerning. Why is discerning next steps such a challenge?
3: Yeah, I think, I mean, the first the first one, developing relationships, we all pro- probably feel more comfortable with that. And then we have to dive a little bit deeper. But then discerning next steps, I mean, that for me is really kind of going beyond my comfort zone. So um, I think just really, um, it's a challenge, yeah, to just kind of step outside of my comfort zone. I'm a little bit of an introvert, so um, I really have to be intentional to ask God where he's leading me or I can just get stuck on my agenda on my day-to-day routine so yeah, yeah it really is um, it's a choice to be intentional in that
1: okay but you figured it out now so can you tell everyone oh, how right to yeah <laughs> I got it next steps well what has been helpful honestly what has been yeah. something that's helped you over time get better at that
3: yeah um, just honestly reaching out and asking for prayer if I know that I'm about to uh, step into a conversation um, I just reach out to a girlfriend in Christ and just say, like, "Hey, can you can you please pray for me? Um, you know, can you pray that I have boldness?" And what mm. that really does is that that helps kind of take the pressure off of me. Um, they often just remind me, like, "Hey, it's not on your shoulders. Wow. Like, like the Lord is going to move here," and um, and that just gives me confidence to kind of step out in faith and and um, look for those opportunities yes, and
1: trusting God for the results yeah, so When you exactly. bring other people in and you pray you're reminded yeah. this is not on my shoulders yes. I'm supposed to be obedient not convert someone right yes
3: exactly yeah. what
1: about you Adam why do you think that is such a challenging step the discernment part and what have you found that's helped you
2: I think there's a selflessness to 3D living that's challenging for me Selfless. the pastor Tom talked about this Jesus being others focused you know seeing other people and really seeing them I think about myself a lot just a confession. So I'm thinking about myself or work or marriage or my family throughout my day, and it's like, wait a second, got to take my mind off of those things and look at others and really see them. Hmm. When I do that, when I'm really abiding in Him, then I can see them as Jesus sees them. That gives me, uh, I guess, the confidence to sure. ask God, what do you want next? And then He opens up that door. He's faithful to wow. provide something. Then.
1: Wow, so one of Pastor Tom's action points, this idea of prayer, right? And, and I think you're even pointing to something that, it's not just discerning next steps, it's being obedient to walk through the door when God opens a door, right? Sometimes we know in scripture what people, right? We know that people need to be in community. We know that people need to understand the gospel. We know these things, but we might get uncomfortable, and so we don't step through that that open door. I also just want to give a little exhortation to say, you know, we have the word of God, right? The written word of God, and There are times when maybe, let me just suggest, maybe we need to assume that God wants us to do or say something unless he tells us otherwise. Some of us are looking for this burning bush moment, is God gonna give me the discernment to present the gospel? That may come, but it may be he just wants to see if you're willing and that you should be stepping through that door assuming the gospel needs to be shared. Of course, without denying those first two, they're so important, we need to love on people, we need to ask them questions, we need to be inquisitive and those kind of things. Now maybe we could share a little bit of of what you've seen, how God has worked through 3D living. Maybe, Adam, you could go first. You know, in the banking world and industry, you get the opportunity to interact with a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. Do you have one or two kind of examples when you've seen God show up when you've done this?
2: Yeah, it's been neat in the banking world because, again, that's my job really is to meet people and develop relationships and discern financial steps for them, but God's opened up doors for me to do further spiritual steps with them sometimes. I had a client sitting at my desk one time who had just lost her husband and she was hurting and I was feeling the spirit leading me to pray with her and I prayed with her at my desk and I think she really felt encouraged I shared with her about Fox Valley Church I don't think she ever wow. attended but I've met with her a couple times after and got to talk to her about her life and where wow. things are happening and God has opened those doors in a financial context which has been really neat wow. uh, but then also one that comes to mind is our brother Emmanuel some of you came to before the throne and Emmanuel preached here. Well, yeah. I met Emmanuel at the bank. And Emmanuel and I just had a great conversation. I realized he was a brother, but they didn't really have a church home. And I said, hey, Fox Valley is amazing. We want to have you here and have you be a part of it. I gave him the website. Yes. He showed up the next week. But they are members now. They're attending. And because of 3D Living, I have a brother and sister who wow. are friends and close. And they're serving our body here, which yes. has been Yes,
1: that's amazing. Yes, I, I love that. I, as you said that, Adam, I just thought of this. This is probably terrible. But whenever I invite people to Fox Valley, I say, it's God's church. You know what I mean? Like we're God's church. This is the one to be at. You know, kind of facetiously, but uh, I do. I'm so bullish about Fox Valley Church. I agree. And I just want to tiptoe on that and and tell a story about Lisa's husband. Lisa's husband, Kyle. Kyle and Lisa came two weeks, and I was doing 3D living. Right? It's a tool to live our mission to tell and show the story of Jesus. And I invite Kyle to just go to dinner. Like I I was I want to get to know him. I want to discover his story. And we get to dinner, and we're sitting there. And I'm sensing God's opening doors, Kyle's opening up, and so I'm discerning, I'm going to walk through this if we go there. So I say, Kyle, if you were to die today, why would God let you, to, let you into heaven? I mean, I just lobbed out this question. I, I set it up like I'm going to throw a really hard question at you if you're willing to go for it, right? You're standing there at the pearly white gates, and God's like, why should I let you in? What's your answer? And he's, I remember he struggled for like a minute. Oh, oh, man, I don't know, you know? And finally, he's like, because I think I'm a good person, and I try to do good. And right away, I'm discerning, you know, at the very least, he doesn't have a good understanding of what the gospel is. So I just tell him, do you know what the Bible says? And he's like, not really. And I tell him, and then he, actually, it was funny. It was getting kind of loud. We were at Emmett's, and so we went into, I can't remember if it was his car or my car. We go into one of our cars. I pray with him. He goes home, and he prays with you, and you both got saved that night. This unbelievable, yeah, and to... To Adam's point, now you guys are some of our best friends. So it's this unbelievable goodness of God that He presents an opportunity and there's such sweet fellowship. Um, But I want to turn to you now, Lisa. What has been an example of how you've seen God show up in 3D living in your life?
3: Yeah, so this last fall, I actually left my career and was able to stay home to raise our children. And so I was a little bit concerned about how I was going to meet new friends. My circle now was getting a lot smaller. And so, what What was that going to look like in terms of developing new relationships and of course God's so cool he already had this all planned out and just a couple months into being home I met another mom at swim lessons and so we got to talking and then that turned into me actually watching her child in our home a couple days a week and our friendship just kind of grew and among all these different conversations that we had had we started talking about church and I was a little hesitant, but I invited her to church, and I couldn't believe how she received that invitation. Okay, let's
1: pause here. So you discerned to invite her to church. Bring us into what led you to say, hey, do you want to come to church?
3: Yeah, well, um, she actually started asking me questions, um, and I have to give give credit to our two-and-a-half-year-old, seriously, because he one day— We were sitting in our living room, and and he went and he got his Bible to show this this little boy who was there. And Mm. he said, Jesus... And, and I was seriously wow. I was sitting there I have goosebumps. I was sitting there and I was like, well thanks jet for breaking the ice like that really <laughs> helped because I wow. have a hard time kind of like wow. stepping that's out sweet. of my comfort zone so he mm. really just kind of like brought it out and and I mean that was encouraging like okay we're, we're doing something right here so yeah. so yeah that that's where the conversation started and then she became a little bit more inquisitive and, and opened the conversation up yes. so that's when I thought Here's So my the takeaway
1: is rely on your two and a half year old. To discern from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and exactly. you, I think what you shared was really encouraging, what you shared about, it had been like 15 years since yeah. she had come to church? Something yeah, like
3: that. Yeah. so she said, she's like, well, you know, it's been like 15 or even 20 years, I think she yeah. said, before she had been to church. But, yeah, she ended up coming that next week with her little boy, and she's been coming regularly since. And mm-hmm. so it's really grown our friendship. Oh. It's so sweet to see our boys play together in Journeyland. And something that she just shared with me this last week is she actually invited one of her friends to come and to bring her children. And so I just, I wasn't expecting that. And I just thought, wow, like the Lord just, the Lord's moving here, even when we, you know, don't even expect it or or know.
1: You know, and that's really good. Thank you for sharing. There's this idea and it might be like, duh, you know, kind of an idea, but when you read God's word and when you pray with God and you worship God, you do some of these traditional disciplines, you're going to know God better and you're going to more easily discern from it. It doesn't mean that God can't reveal some specific mighty act or word from, to someone that doesn't know him, but if you spend time with him, I think you're going to be able to more easily discern because I wish I could be up here and all of us could just say, listen, if you take your left arm and you tap your wrist twice, the Holy Ghost comes up in a little bubble, right, and tells you exactly what you need to do in a given situation. Um, but in all seriousness, we didn't say this in the last service, and I, th- I thought about it. We can't understate that the gospel message is what saves people. Remember Romans 1.16, for y- those who were here, we tried to memorize that verse as a church, right? For the gospel is the power to save, right? All who believe. It's the gospel message that does the saving, not us. And there's sometimes when, even if we're really skilled or not skilled and we're really awkward, whatever it is, the Bible gospel message of what Jesus has done for us has the power to transform lives. Just getting it out there. And again, we want to do it in sensitive ways, we want to be winsome. All these things we know are true but sometimes it's about getting the message out there. I just want to share um, really quickly because I I want to try to get a little practical with some of these things. A couple examples. uh, one, One example was about four years ago, I did not have relationships with people who were far from God. So for me, it was like going to the grocery store, trying to talk to strangers. I got a gym membership, and I started to work out there, and I got to know the manager. Her name was Shannon, and I discovered her story, and then I started discerning, and in moments praying for her, inviting her to church. She came one Christmas Eve, and and finally the gym was closing down that week. I have no idea what happened, but for, it was shutting down pretty pretty last minute. And I remember getting on the treadmill. It was like a Wednesday, and it was closing on Friday, and so I didn't know if I'd be back. And I start running on the treadmill, and all of a sudden, I was two minutes in, and God said, "Get off the treadmill and go talk to Shannon." There are times I, when you're a willing servant and you are willing to be used by God, He will speak to you. God told me to get off the treadmill, and on my walk there, He told me I'm going to share the gospel with her, right? So then I needed a hardcore stop sign or break to not keep moving forward. I shared the gospel with her, I prayed with her, she committed her life to Christ. And again, this is just the gospel message has the power to save. And we could go on to give other examples, and certainly I have the other end too, right? Times when I think this is God and it's not, or times when I regret I wish I could do things differently, but let's not shy back from having some boldness as we move forward.